Hi, this is Gordon Russell, host of The Neutral Ground, the New Orleans Advocate's weekly podcast on the stories behind some of the stories that are making waves in South Louisiana this week. Thanks to our sponsors, Gardner Realtors, and thank you for joining us. Hi, uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, Today, my guest is going to be Stephanie Grace, the political columnist here at The Advocate. She is heroically joining (laughs) us despite a, a pretty vicious bout of bronchitis or something like that and uh, she's busily munching on lozenges and she'll she'll soldier through this i predict um so we're going to talk about politics and about the legislative session that just opened up uh steph let's start with uh the governor spoke yesterday any any surprises in his speech as the legislature convened no surprises i think that the biggest surprise might have been the person, one of the people standing behind him, who was Ralph Abraham, mm-hmm. congressman running against him for right. um, for when he runs for re-election this fall. And it's what normally happens is the House Speaker, the Senate President, and other state officials who attend. It's a you know it's a ceremonious opening, right. and you know people line up there. You don't normally see a congressman, but it's not unusual for a congressman to be there. They're welcome. They're welcome. Right. Now, under these circumstances, though, a little unusual. Yeah, is it a little bit of a inside fastball or what? I, I think mean? it. I think it was maybe yeah. intended to be, but then on the other hand, Abraham had to just sit there and keep his mouth shut while the governor, right? You know, gave what could be considered something of a campaign speech, right? Like he sort of talked about how we used, we had all these special sessions because right. we couldn't get get a budget passed and now we're on a solid footing and what a great three years we've had or whatever. It was really interesting how long he took to get to what he wanted to do in this session because he was talking about, here's all the stuff we've done. He was taking victory lap after victory lap. It was the budget. It was Medicaid expansion. It was some really impressive numbers with foster care, getting kids out of foster foster care and Uh adopted, Uh, economic development wins, you know, companies attracted to. Right. To the company, to the state, which is something that the Republicans are kind of trying to criticize him on. Right, mainly because of his the way that he's curtailed the industrial tax exemption. Right. I mean, and, they, and of course, has, there are always statistics that show that Louisiana is not great. Right. And his argument would be, but it's doing better. Right. And it was not great before. It's. I mean, when has it ever been great? Right. <laughs> so on any of those lists, it's never been great. Exactly. In fact, I saw a quote from. Uh, I guess it was from. Ralph Abraham gave a critique of the speech, I think, and he said something along the lines of, you know, I don't see us doing well on any of these lists. And I was sort of thinking the same thing, like it's right. going to take a long time for us to crawl out of uh, number 48 or 49 right. on a lot of these lists. even, yes. Not, I'm not seeking to make an endorsement or a criticism of Edwards here. I'm just saying these are things that take a long time right. to, to, to move. Right. Um, so in... Eddie Rasponi, the other announced main announced opponent, was also there, right? He was in the room. Yes, he was working. The, but the he room. didn't. I don't think he gave a a, a review afterwards. No, I don't. Okay. And of course, the governor has a team of bloggers and tweeters, right. who are, You know, jousting with sniping it. There's Abraham. a lot of if you if you follow the campaign on social media, you'll see a lot of sniping. If you're not following it on social media, I think you're not really seeing that. And frankly, I think it's probably better for John Bell Edwards for people not to see it because his argument is, "I'm bipartisan. I work with everybody." Right. It's I'm kind, kind of, of a that. right. It is. It's sort of a two pronged approach where you have him 
trying to sort of be statesmanlike, and then you have right. these team of people sort of taking these pretty pouncing on every pretty pointed and snarky jabs right. at, at the opponents. And, you know, and constant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found I found that kind of striking yeah. as well. Um, so this is a session, famously, and this year probably no different. It's an election year. All, everyone in the legislature, or almost everybody's up for election, and the governor's up for election, mm-hmm. which means we are probably not going to see much happen. Is that right? Correct. Or at yeah. least much of substance. Much of substance. We will see a lot of activity. We will see a theater. lot of fear, argument, posturing. Political trying, theater. Political theater. What what will come out of it? Probably not much. Right, and as the governor said, they've they they have. We're not in a budget crisis for mm-hmm. a change, so there's no there's no nothing that's sort of urgent. I mean, there's always urgent things in Louisiana, and but they have to pass a budget, right? Uh, but there's no like they're not going to need to pass a tax, for instance, correct. to balance the budget. So. Correct, and there's probably not going to be a tax. There will be an effort to again raise the gasoline tax. Mm-hmm. Very tough in an election year. Yeah. You wrote recently, I think, that, that there's actually poll shows there's support for that, but only for a modest increase. But but even so, your gut is that they won't even try that. That's right. And of course, the money would be designated for infrastructure and roads, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a serious need. Something but... that we're probably number 49 or 50 on yeah. among these lists. Yeah. Yes. Um, so... And I should say that the governor's agenda is, it's really very modest. Yeah. Um, his big ticket item is the teacher pay raise, of right. course, but he has, um, he's got a lot of Republican support for that. It's it, a small raise, it's right? It's a small raise. It's a thousand dollars for teachers, 500 for- It's been a while since they've had one. It's been a long time. Other states are raising teacher pay. Texas has a proposal to raise it $5,000, uh-huh. Louisiana $1,000. And, and, we're, and we're starting to lag our neighbors in teacher pay because we haven't had a raise for a while. That's correct. And there's real attrition. There's real mm-hmm. trouble attracting people into the profession. Right. Um, yeah, it's sort of a classic John Bell Edwards initiative, I guess you could say, which is a very incremental, uh, exactly. uh, you know, not too controversial, you right. know, but slightly on the liberal side, but like, but like not, uh, not exactly what not you call healthier. bold. <laughs> Correct. And, and also tied to teachers because right. he's very close to teachers. And then and he's, teachers he's also else. supporting a, a constitutional amendment for a higher minimum wage. That's kind of interesting because of course he campaigned on raising the minimum wage again, very incrementally. Right. Um, he's been from two to eight fifty from, to, Oh, from 725, right. which is the federal minimum right. wage, which used to be kind of periodically updated with bipartisan support. It's now become this thing where Republicans won't do it federally. So, it's really so a up lot to of the states, states are doing right. it. Right. And many states are, some of them through these kind of ballot initiatives, right. including Arkansas. He mentioned that in, in his opening speech. So what he's tried to do the last few years, and he's run into, you know, conservative business opposition is have the legislature do it. What mm-hmm. he's asking this year is for the legislature to put it to voters to, um, because polls show that voters would support it overwhelmingly and actually would support a, a bowler. Correct. Change. I mean, he's, he's now asking for $9. It had been eight fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, a new LSU poll showed that there is overwhelming support for eight fifty. They didn't ask about nine, yeah. but there's even majority support for 15. Yeah. Which is like what the real progressive states right. in the West and stuff are doing. Right. Yeah. And much wealthier states, exactly. really. states with and, much higher cost, cost of, living. of living. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. So it's interesting, um, but, but what would it, have to happen is 
two thirds of each house would have to get it on the ballot. In order, to, so getting it on the ballot may be the hard part. Correct. If it's on the ballot, I think it passes. And if it passes, another thing I'm curious about: if we pass a nine dollar minimum wage, say, does that make it somehow? It doesn't make it any easier to pass updates. That, I mean, we don't. We currently don't have a state minimum wage, correct? Correct. We, we have just have the federal, federal one, wage. and a lot of states have a, a state minimum wage, even if it's the same one. But does when we establish the notion of a state minimum wage, does it make it any easier to change that, or does it have to go back in the same way every time? Um. I have to say, I have I have not researched this, okay. but I believe if it's in the Constitution, then the way to change it, it depends on the wording, right? if there's any kind of automatic update, but... Um, it would probably require another constitutional amendment each time. Yes. Interesting. Um, so, well, let's talk a little bit about the governor's race um, and just what's going on this fall. I mean, there hasn't, it doesn't, it seems like it's gotten off to a fairly quiet start with the... Um, as you said, there's a lot of sniping on social right. media, but um, and there hasn't been a ton to distinguish the candidates from each other. I mean, a, a thing that came up recently was their stances on the death penalty, right. which was a little, at least showed a little bit of daylight between the Republican candidates. Ralph Abraham is a big proponent of the death penalty. Of course, this is an issue that Attorney General Jeff Landry is pushing right. as he kind of goes after John Bell Edwards, as he often does. And for background, if, for those listeners who don't know, Louisiana hasn't really been executing people for years for various reasons. Right. Um, and, we have a number of people on death row. but Right. And, you know, part of the issue is that there is – the big part of the issue is that there is a shortage of, shortage the, drug. of the drug. that and, and what the – Jeff Landry is really trying to quarter John Bell Edwards into coming out as an opponent of the death penalty. Right. He has not said that. He has said he will not say one way or the other. He has said he will execute the law. And right. the law is that we are a program. Currently it only allows for right. lethal injection and we don't have the drugs to do it. Correct. And so Jeff Landry has said, well, let's bring back the guillotine and the yes. fire squad and all these other things. But has not introduced legislation to right. the effect we should point out. Right. <laughs> or not had, had allies introduce it. And that, yeah, so that, and, and none of that has happened. But meanwhile, so interestingly, uh, so Ralph Abraham more or less is on this side of Jeff Landry and this. Maybe he didn't use quite as colorful language, but he thinks we should. Because nobody does. <laughs> he thinks we should ramp up the execution machine, essentially, and figure out a way to execute people. That's correct. And Eddie Rasponi, meanwhile, came out as an opponent of the death penalty, which like, may be a little bit surprising. Because he's running as a conservative, but he talked about his faith. And, right. And that is... And the Catholic Church has been on against the death penalty. Correct. Um, John Bell Edwards, of course, is also Catholic. And right. As he, is Jeff Landry. As but... is, yes. Um, <laughs> um, seems to not be a deal killer for some politicians. Right. Um, so that's... It. Have there been any other kind of big... I mean, I guess one question is, have, have Rasponi and Abraham distinguish themselves from one another and how are they and furthermore how are they trying to uh, what's their case that they're making why John Bell Edwards shouldn't be elected if it's similar it is similar and their case really is that he is an outlier he was almost an accidental governor right a Democrat elected in a Republican state against David Vitter a flawed candidate who previously had been a very strong candidate over many years right um, and that he's out of step he's too liberal he's they're really kind of keying in on the anti the allegation that he is anti-business. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big part of this. I think Eddie Rusponi, of course, is a very wealthy businessman, very successful businessman. And that argument is going to be sort of focused on his 
the way that he trimmed back that industrial tax exemption. That, um, the fact that ta- taxes have been raised, uh-huh. and it's true they have with right. the Republican legislature. Right. Um, and the rankings and the fact uh-huh. that you can pull a lot of statistics that show that Louisiana is not as open to business as they would like it to be. Right. John Bell Edwards can pull a lot of statistics in the other direction. Right. And, you know, it's an issue where he's not backing down. He's right. really touting these big um, announcements that, you know, the big tech company that came to New Orleans, the um, Century Link in, in um, North Louisiana. And there's still a lot of these big industrial projects in the works, um, which some of which are controversial for other reasons. But right. John Bell Edwards has not been... Um, you know, he's been very much in support of every single one of these Absolutely, things. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, now, let's talk about, so that election is getting sort of a low-key start, I guess you could say. It is. There, um, this week, the Public Affairs Research Council has an, a meeting in Baton Rouge, and John Bell Edwards will actually appear with, um, I believe, Ralph Abraham, um, could be the other way around, with one of his opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, one can't make it. And that will be the first kind of face to face like with, a forum for including the governor. There have been others, including just the Republicans. I see. Um, you know, it's a policy group, so it's not going to be like a TV debate where people are slinging attacks at each other. But right. it will be kind of interesting. Um, going into the session, of course, John Bell Edwards just announced some very impressive fundraising numbers. Mm-hmm. He can't raise money during the session. His opponents can. Right. Um, Eddie Rusboni is going to be largely self-funded. So there will be money. And the sky is kind of the limit for him. I mean, he's already put in $5 million of his own money. Right. And, and he's talking about putting in more, I think. Or... And there's also the likelihood of outside money because mm-hmm. there are only uh, three governor races this year. So Republicans around the country who care about this stuff. Right. May, yeah. And they, you know, look at a Democrat in Louisiana and they think, we should be able to pick him right. up, or at least we should try. And me, and for Ralph Abraham, early on fundraising has been a bit of a challenge, and that maybe we'll we haven't seen new haven't numbers, seen but numbers but that could still be the case. Correct. Um, he doesn't have this enormous personal fortune to tap into. Um, I mean, he is somewhat wealthy, but yes, he's not an Eddie Rusponi. Yeah. Um, or he know. hasn't shown a willingness to tap into Correct. it. I guess is maybe <coughs> I mean, a better way to put it. One thing about members of Congress is if you're running for governor, but you're they think you might be going back to Congress. People who have interest in, you know, what you're doing in Congress might want to contribute just right. to curry favor. So that's a potential avenue for him. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk briefly about the legislature um, and uh, what's going to happen. Most of the so so uh, we're going to see a second wave of term limits this fall, right? Correct. This is just the slowest moving train ever. If you go back to 1995, way back, David Vitter and Jay Darden who ended up, you know, as... As opponents. Serious, like, yeah. enemies to the death, almost, opponents. Yeah. Together, passed term limits. Darden in the Senate, Vitter in the House. Starting with 12 years in each house then. So the first big wave was 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people turned out of the House, went over to the Senate. It's 12 years later now. So a lot of those people who had been in the House, went over to the Senate, right. they're out now. So there's going to be... So a, that would include like the John Alario and It's the elder Danny statesman. Martini. It's the people who do things the old way, the right. nonpartisan way, the... Right. You know. Um, and, so, so we're going to see like a lot of sort of grizzled veterans leave who have been through the House and the Senate. And then we're also going to see um, just a lot of people who are terming out for whatever, you know, right. because they've been in, they, they came in after that wave of term right. limits. So, so there's also a group in the house that will be termed out that is looking to move to the Senate. 
And I think what you're looking at long term is the House, the Senate becoming more like the House. Uh-huh. In recent years, the House has been the more kind of ideological, more, more partisan. contentious, more partisan. And more Senate, resembling of Washington. Correct. And the Senate really hasn't been, um, you know, John Lario, case in point, former right. Democrat, became Republican, but really remarkably able to more govern. A, right. A in, guy who values just getting things done. Right. And has been a close ally of John Bell Edwards before that he was a close ally of, of Bobby Jindal. Right. Right. So that says something. And Steph, one other thing I wanted to ask you about this is, is are there people like John Alario, for instance, but others who have been in the House, term limited out of the House, now the term limited out of the Senate that might go back to the House? You know, John Alario likes to talk about it. I, It's a little hard to envision somebody like John Alario who has been, um, who has run the House, he has run the Senate, he has been just, you know, the kind of giant of the legislature for so long going back to the house and being a backbencher. Right. Well, and I don't know that all these new house members are looking to say, you know, defer to him. Right. Right. That's true. I I guess in the new spirit of the house, he might be a backbencher. Mm -hmm. Um, Although maybe his ability to get things done would be, you know, would actually be a valued commodity. You never know. To the extent that people want to get things done. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and so, but there's nothing, obviously there's nothing preventing that. Term limits do not, preclude you right. from jumping back and forth we've from had a couple examples of that of people, yeah. over the years not many yeah um okay but i think term limits has contributed to something else we're seeing which is real high turnover mm-hmm. even during a session um, yeah. and a whole bunch of new members were sworn in yesterday just for one term mm-hmm. um because they you know, there have been all these special elections because people are leaving for other offices. Right, or people start to... Jobs with the administration. They start to kind of... As, as their, their term ends, they, right, they need to, instead of just doing this indefinitely, they're thinking about the next thing. Correct. Um, all right, well, that's probably all the time we have. That's all we have time for. But um, thank you so much, Stephanie. I appreciate you soldiering through. Okay. The Neutral Ground is brought to you by Gardner Realtors with music provided by David Bodie. We welcome your feedback and your ideas for future shows. Email me at grussell, with two S's and two L's, at theadvocate.com, or call me at 504-636-7437. Hope to see you next week.